Welcome to Power Tools to Success. This is a show about overcoming adversity and making a difference. Your host, Philip Rampisa, interviews guests from all walks of life to help you succeed. Welcome to Power Tools to Success. This is a show where we give you all the tools that you need in order to move your life forward. It doesn't matter what your goals are, whether they are about entrepreneurship, your career, relationships, Power Tools to Success is the show for you. We also speak to people that have overcome adversity and obstacles in order to achieve their goals and change the world. Today's show is very exciting because I'm going to be speaking to an entrepreneur who's founded a company from scratch, who left his job and founded a company from scratch. I'm going to be speaking to Oscar Makudulela, who is the founder of L&M Removals. Oscar, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm great, Mr. Rampisa. Uh, great to have you. And uh, thanks for the opportunity as well. I'm very well. Yeah, Trust you well as well. And, and yeah. keeping safe under these COVID uh, conditions. I am, my man. And I'm truly excited to have you here because you entrepreneurs, man, you guys are busy. You know, <laughs> so having you here is truly an honor. We, we are busy. We are also stressed. So opportunities like this, we embrace them because it gives us an opportunity to reflect as well. And, you know, take an inner deep reflection based on the things that we do because we are so occupied at the end, we might miss out on some of the things to reflect uh, from. Yeah, so um, Oscar, you started a company from scratch. You left your yes. job. So I'm going to ask you mostly human questions. And I know I mean, you're a businessman, but I'll ask you human questions. Okay. Did you always know you wanted to start a business? And what did it take within you to have the guts to just start and really go on and do it? Look, uh, the time I left the formal employment, Philip, at that time I was employed as a production manager for a chemical producing uh, company. And I knew that I was going to, at some point, make that decision, take that uh, leap of faith, because I realized that I was very frustrated. I could foresee myself becoming the operations manager. I could foresee myself becoming the, 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 the MD of the company. But for me, there was always that end to say, I don't foresee myself staying longer here. And I've always wanted, you know, to do something that I would be proud of, that it would have some generational uh, aspect of it, you know, legacy. Uh, and also this is due to the fact that my father, uh, he is an entrepreneur. So I was brought up in an environment where I could see, you know, how far one can go if they are actually driving and pushing their passion. So I knew, uh, Philip, that at some point, you know, being in a manufacturing environment was not going to be the ultimate uh, destination for myself. Uh, hence, then at some point, I had to make that decision to say, look, I can't actually do both. I can't run a manufacturing plant while on the other side, 
there is a baby that was born already that I wanted to nature, that I wanted to see uh, growing. Okay, so when you, when you started, I mean, you could have taken any other route. Why yes. removals specifically? Okay, so Philip, in 2016, year 2016, while I had just graduated, I was looking for employment. Actually, it was between change of uh, jobs at the time. So I had realized that, you know, I had once worked for a removal company while I was still looking for employment. And then actually basically 2006, uh, sorry, I made a mistake there, not 2016. 2006, I was changing jobs. And then I realized that, you know, I've worked for a removal company. Uh, I was doing this on the sidelines on the weekends with my wife. Uh, in Nelspreit at the time in 2010, there wasn't a professional furniture removal company. So I looked back that four years before prior, I had worked for a removal company for almost two years as an operations supervisor. And then in Nelspreit, an opportunity came where one of my wife's friends who was employed with government uh, institution at the time, uh, presented an opportunity to us or to my wife and I said hang on we actually can do this because I do have experience and upon research we realized that there wasn't a professional furniture removal company and we decided to register it and yeah I mean the rest is history because obviously you know once upon registering the company we were then able to get more clients. We were then able to spread the word out there to say, look, we do provide removal services. And when we then came up with the name, so L and M, L will stand for Ulanga, my name. And then M Masengi, that's my wife's name. We then said, look, let's register a name that will resonate with both of us and that will have a generational uh, legacy behind it. Yeah, and um, <laughs> I did say that my questions will mostly be humans. Human, I mean, yes. Human questions, sorry. Um, yeah. The, one of the things that I found difficult, Oscar, I'll be honest, about starting a business, and I know most yes. of us want to start businesses, but one yes. of the things that I've realized is difficult also about starting a business is, and it's not always the lack of money, Sometimes you True. do have money, but they say the psychology to say, I'm going to put, uh, you know, 500,000 or 2 million to this and yes. really um, be able to do that. Because, I mean, your, your startup uh, capital as an owner, you know, yes. you always need to put some capital in, in, in injection. So I believe That's what correct. I read about your story and... Um, I've also noticed, I think your startup capital was some, somewhere in upwards of like 650,000 or, or yes, something like yes. that. So it is, yeah. That, that psychology to be able to take a lot of your money and put it into the business, what does it take yes. to be able to do that, um, um, Oscar? Because I'm sure there are things you ask yourself and you'll always have that feeling of loss, you know? Some of us True. love having our money under the pillow or yes. just in a safe somewhere <laughs> and you look at it and you are happy True. to have True. it. 
you know that's correct true look <clears throat> i think uh, it takes a lot of persuasion uh, philip because i remember at the time before i made the final decision i consulted with my dad my dad because being an entrepreneur he understood that i was no longer happy where i was i presented all of the positives or the advantages of me having to take my savings personal savings that is and invest in a business that didn't have any certainties my mom at the time was like say you know if you feel you are despondent you no longer happy now why don't you start a career in medical profession you know um, and you know parents they've always wanted us to do these uh, traditional profession uh, careers and i spoke to my wife at the time we had a 3 year old daughter at the time so it was all of those factors that you know i had to do proper proposal slash to persuade to say look this will happen yes you spoke of the psychology behind it because i had to psych myself as well to say this will have to work and there was no other option for failure because this was like basically my life savings being invested in something that did not have any guarantees um, i also had to look at people that have made it the first one obviously was my father who was very much of a role model in terms of business aspect side of things to say if he has done it so could i you know uh, then i started engaging people that i knew they've been running businesses for the longest time just so as to ensure that the decision that i was making was an informed and a more calculated one as much as yes there were no guarantees that you know uh, everything will go according to plan but it was more of bringing all people that i knew are uh, more of a support system and getting more of an approval or a heads up from them you know so that i could knew that i was not actually doing something that at the end it, it might come back and be seen as you know it was a sole decision that was done without consultation so i also had to psych myself but i also had to 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 engage with like-minded people that had already gone through the path just so as to ensure that i've ticked all the right boxes so once you started what was the hardest thing so the hardest thing was the regret or the conflicting thoughts of going back to formal employment after realizing that it wasn't as easy as i had hoped and anticipated that everything will run smooth uh, what was also difficult was the fact that now there wasn't an incoming guaranteed salary on a month to month basis what was difficult as well was that it then started having a strain in my marriage in my relationship uh, what was difficult as well is that i had to go back at couple of months asking for 
relief, financial relief from friends, from uh, family. Uh, my wife had to chip in as well. So in the early start, those were all the things that were very, very difficult. And also getting clientele, if I were to tap on the business side of things, you know, getting clientele and really getting the business going. Because yes, I had other reserves on the site, but then they were depleted at some point. So I had to face reality that, you know, I have to go back to the people that I had presented the business idea to with the hope that they will be able to rescue in that interim period. Yo, <laughs> you know, as you describe these things, <laughs> for some reason in my mind, I just imagine <laughs> how difficult that was. Yo, uh, so <laughs> it wasn't easy, Philip. Um, where, where, where you have your relationship in Titus, your relationship, I mean, it's it, it influenced by finances running smoothly. Uh, where now your parents are almost saying, but we told you, especially my mom, we told you that this wasn't going to vie. You know, this wasn't going to, especially the fact that removal business, uh, Philip, it's predominantly a white-owned industry in terms of a formal furniture removal business so i was tapping into a space where i knew that i wanted to formalize the business i want to run it or i would like the business to have systems i would like the business to have all the accolades that other removal companies that have been in business for like 50 years plus so the vision was always there but however it was the process to say it's frustrating but how do I then remain resilient? How do I remain persistent? And the people that I would hope that they are there for me, how do I persuade them to say, look, going back to formal employment is not an option. Bail me out here, but at the end, this will pay out. Of which I'm fortunate and happy to, to say that it has paid out. The very same people are seeing the benefits they are actually uh, benefiting from where the business is. So, and, you know, <laughs> yeah, I will speak to you about how it has paid up. And yeah, yes. but I, I also want to, because as you were talking about the struggles, you know, in my mind, I, I keep imagining episodes. So one yes. of the episodes that you probably have gone through that I, I keep imagining is, what yes. like the typical month end would have been like for you and you know you're not getting in there you are you're starting a business you don't have the yes. typical paycheck month ends anymore and True. you're having generated cash in in the business yes you've gone yes. to people for rescue and they've helped you out but True. i believe there was internal communication that you yourself went through that that True. guided you into which choice you you were able to make at, at that time so what did you tell yourself that kept you going and not made you give up so you can go back to maybe your old job you might have had contacts in your old job or a new job or yes, a, yes. a so <clears throat> with an up job application or your cv or your so what is it that you told yourself when 
things were not working out in your mental state in your mind what is it that you told yeah. yourself that make you just keep on knocking at the next door that keeps you yeah. doing what you are doing yeah look the the thing that drove me mostly uh, obviously i will mention the child that i had at the time so when i reflected i looked at him i knew that there's no way that i could fail him um i also realized that i had already invested like my life savings in the business and for me there was an affirmation to say it literally means i have to give it my all because failure that would mean that my life would be like stagnant would be on a standstill because i had already made that conscious decision to say i am investing in this business and i will do whatever it takes i will pull whatever strings need be um the transition itself i mean from a normal month to month paycheck it was not an easy one uh, especially after a couple of months because the first few months there were reserves and i still you know utilize those reserves and then at some point when the business was not generating revenue as what i had projected or, or how i mean what i had focused at then the realization or the reality it hit it struck but then i think psychologically there was that inner voice to say you cannot stop now you've started this you've drawn up your vision you've drawn up all of the strategies as to how to realize this vision and you need to exhaust all of those strategies before you can actually call it quits uh, there were offers i was headhunted at some point you know for very lucrative uh, positions but once i had already seen the direction even prior i mean lnm being here where it is now i could you know foresee ahead i also extract a lot on visionary leadership so i'm a very firm believer on selling the idea and looking at the end ultimate goal even if before you've reached that so all of those principles in terms of a vision i drew a lot from them to say the road will not be easy however if i look at what i stand to benefit or i stand to achieve at the end um it will then fuel me up to keep me going you know i always like this saying of starting with the end in mind so it's basically drawing up your vision board of where you want to be and realizing that the journey might not be smoother but however if you look at the bigger picture that will motivate you uh, personally to keep going wow ah so well said so then oscar things changed and ultimately things worked yes how did you get there so to a place where <clears throat> things were working from from the time where the business was started uh, philip in 2010 2012 2013 were game changers uh, 2012 is the year i got married so 
I got married, I made a very big decision in my life while knowing that I did not necessarily have a stable income. So that's one of the life-changing moments that actually pushed me to do more. Uh, 2014, 2015, those were the most challenging years in the business because that was like mid of the span of, of the business. It's 10 years old now. Um, we had one of our worst situations at the time. And in 2016, that's where now I approached a funder after I realized that we needed some injection uh, additional to what I had injected, additional to what my wife had committed, taking loans, my parents taking loans, uh, borrowing from friends. And then we were fortunate to get about 2 million rands at the time from NEF, the National Empowerment Fund. And it really unlocked some of the businesses opportunities that were untapped that we could not um, get into in terms of brand presence, you know. So we had a budget where we could do our banners. Uh, we had a budget, a marketing budget where we could rebrand. Uh, we had a budget where we could buy uh, equipment like trolleys, uh, for moving of boxes in a more safer manner. We had a budget to buy our PPE, you know, for, 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 for the employees. We had a budget as well to have additional three vehicles uh, branded as well. Uh, we also had a budget uh, there, Philip, to revamp our website. So I would say it was all through the lessons learned and also putting the systems in place that in our business plan that we had developed, that we could not implement. Uh, so that injection, it enabled or unlocked some of the barriers that we had. And from there on, it has just been more applying what we had documented as a business plan to say, in a five-year projection, this is where we want to be. And this is our mission statement. This is how we would want uh, in terms of action plans to execute. And fortunately, that has worked. Uh, and it's work in progress. You know, we are not where we would wa want to be. But however, uh, the directions and the indications are most assuring that we are heading towards the right direction. Um, so, Oscar, one of the difficult things, I mean, you mentioned it earlier that, you know, getting clientele was difficult. And just based on my view, you know, it's in any business, because yes. people start businesses from a place of passion, whether they are making mm -hmm. cookies or making sneakers, they, it starts from yes. a place of passion. But the marketing side of it, you know, is that I think is the toughest thing. So, how how did you work around getting clientele and in increasing your sales? Yeah. So you see, I'm I'm fortunate as well, Philip, that uh, marketing it's a subject, it's a a topic that I'm very passionate about. So I personally did studies on marketing. I'm currently also lecturing on marketing. Uh, on, on, on marketing graduates. So 
I realized or I'm at a position where I focus and pay a lot of attention on marketing. So when we did our market segmentation, so this is where now we were looking at who are the clients that we want to attract, looking at the target audience. And we also realized that <clears throat> we need to have a niche market where our focus will be primarily there. So we looked at your clients that would want to pay for a premium price when they are moving house to house. And then we realized that that's your living standard measure on LSM 7 and upper. We also realized that corporate, they prefer to have their office furniture moved by a reputable uh, furniture service provider in terms of moving. We also realized that in the research that we did, people want storage facilities because as they are moving or transitioning, uh, they might not have the space or the le leisure of having enough space to store everything. So we looked at those three and then came up with marketing strategies as to how do we then tap into those three portfolios, your private individual that is willing to pay, your corporate, and then the storage uh, client who wants to store in a very decent, uh, safe, secured uh, storage space. <clears throat> and obviously we understand that we are in the uh, digital era where technology plays a huge role. So brand presence on social media, it's very key website needs to be interactive and very informative and then we need to respond timelessly because we understand that turnaround time is one of the very key um, unique selling preposition that one can have so it is work in progress but uh, we are fortunate to have the marketing strategies in place and identifying the key people to drive that yeah and you know oscar <laughs> I mean, I speak to people that, you know, say they are entrepreneurs, but I must yes. say, listening to you, um, you know, the way you're able to describe the business, the way you're able to describe where you, you spent your, your budget when you raised funds, buying trailers, those, yes. you know, it's just like, you know, you know this <laughs> business so well. <laughs> I, find it, I find it very impressive. No, thank you, thank you, Philip. Look, this this is the heart. I mean, um, for 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 myself, I've moved from a position of saying this is my business, but this is our business, and this is more implying to the people that work for the business, and I work for the business as well. And one of the things that I always, when I have uh, monthly management meetings or business update meetings with the team is that product knowledge or service knowledge is very key. They need to know exactly what our business does so that if they are telling this to a, a three-year-old, the three-year-old will be able to understand in a very basic manner, same as someone who's high up there, who's a professional, they should be able to explain the business in the same level as that person that they are actually pitching or explaining what we do uh, to. 
Yeah. So, um, so, so, so then Oscar, the business turned around and yes. so you were able to now grow revenue year on year and obviously profit. Yes. How many people do you yeah. employ now? So we have permanent employees, 18, so one, eight permanent employees. And then we have 12 semi-permanent because the nature of the business, Philip, it's very seasonal so we've looked at the trends we've looked at the previous data for the past months and past years where people mostly move during the period where the term of their leases expires so month end and afterwards you know the early days of the month the business will sort of like subslide or slow down a bit and then we will then not be able to retain or keep the other 12. However, they are part of our salary bill. Uh, we pay them on a month-to-month basis. So it's, it's it's a total of 30, 18 being permanent and 12 being uh, the semi-permanent uh, employees. Yeah, that's, that's just so remarkable. I mean, that's like real business. Um, so I'm seriously, I mean, if you have 30 people already, your salaries, you're easily talking 70, 100,000, man, anything. More than that. Yeah. Yeah. It's real business and quite impressive your success. I mean, if you consider where you started as, as you know, as a loner working on the business and you know, how, you know, you pushed through all the obstacles, man. So. What yes. does it look like now, um, Oscar? Your growth, your growth uh, trajectory. Um, are you at some point looking at listing on the Johannesburg Stock Exchange, being international, being national? What? How? Yeah. How does the, the the growth aspect of your business look in terms of you as the entrepreneur? What do you dream of it to become? Okay, so currently now, I am grooming two individuals to take management roles with the intention that I play the CEO strategic role as opposed to managing director or operations director. In that way, I will then be able to look at expansion. We do moves nationally. So we are present in all nine provinces. We do Swaziland, we do Namibia, we do Lesotho. Uh, we do Botswana, we do Mozambique. So part of the growth plan is to expand to Africa. And we've then sat down to say at some point within three to five years time, L&M removals will no longer be L&M removals as the name brand, but it will be L&M International. Um, that, now that, that, that's one aspect of growth. In terms of employees, we're looking at doubling the amount of employees that we have. And this can be realized by us uh, increasing the revenue in terms of a month-to-month basis because we have our weekly and monthly targets. So as of next year, that will change. We've introduced and recruited more employees. Uh, For the past four months, we've had six additional employees. And one of the employees there is appointed or uh, recruited as 
a business consultant, but more of business development manager. And this is the person that the focus would be primarily securing long-term. And our long-term is defined as any contract from three to five years as to create stability in the business, as to mitigate the risk as well. Uh, part of the growth as well is to have offices in key strategic cities like your Cape Town, your Deben, where we would have presence and have employees uh, being on the ground, servicing and attending to those uh, metro areas because we've seen lots of movement based on our research that we've conducted. So we have a process analyst also that we've uh, recruited and uh, his main primary focus is to see on continuous improvement uh, so we have PMA, that's a Professional Movers Association. We have SABS that is currently auditing us. So we could get, uh, we can get our ISO 9001 quality uh, management system in place. And in that way, once we have your ISO 9001 quality, I mean, it's an international standard. It will then allow us to be able to service clients that are going abroad. Wow. Um so thank you so much um oscar for having been with us as it's my the final question to you for those yes. that want to be able to climb the hill that you've climbed and be yes. able to get to the top of it what is your advice to them <clears throat> I would say, <clears throat> Philip, uh, I'm not talking from an expert point of view, but from someone who has learned and, uh, you know, had some bad experiences and good experiences. But the identification of a need, a need in terms of a business need, will be the start, you know, as to say, what is it that I want to solve? So whatever idea it must talk to is there an appetite is there a need is there a particular solution that you are presenting and that process on its own it will have to be very thorough and detailed prior you moving to the next level the next level obviously is to collect whatever information data that will enable the business to move from a concept to more of now implementation. So information, this would be, do you have existing capital? Um, are there potential funders that would have appetite as to fund the business if one would look into funding? And I think what is key also is to start and start starting with passion to say, I will start and once I've started, I will do whatever it takes to ensure that this idea is converted into motion and at the end into fruition where you see the business idea, you know, being implemented. A very solid support system is required as well, where you can have a network of like-minded uh, individuals or forums because Entrepreneurship it itself, generally, it's a very lonely journey. You feel like you are on your own. I've cried, I don't know how many times at night, where I feel I'm just not knowing what is it that I'm doing. I mean, that's a couple of years back. 
I'm fortunate now that I've built a network of people that are successful. They've built businesses uh, that are successful. And when we talk at times, we talk and reflect and we laugh at some of these things, you know, where you'd say I was once uh, 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 the one who would answer the phone and also disguised as the one now who's following up on the payment and also the one now uh, who needs to do the job itself. You know, uh, at one point you are the HR. One needs to be prepared to sacrifice, one needs to understand that it doesn't look as rosy as it might, you know, be portrayed as when it comes to entrepreneurship. It's a journey that requires lots of uh, personal sacrifices. At some point, you know, it compromises some of the things that you are interested in and your social events going out where you would have to make that a balance to say, let me do lesser of this because at some point I will be able then to have that time to decide. Uh, final words would be, you know, most successful uh, countries that I've seen, I've been to, entrepreneurship or SMEs, they are the pillar for, for, for the economy. We need to create opportunities. We need to have more of small medium enterprises for us to be able to survive so i would encourage one that if they do have an idea they have a passion they need to have you know that resilience that persistence and they need to cry for help when they feel that uh, you know they have hit rock bottom or they've hit a, a, a pothole whereby you know you 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 call for assistance because you can't do it alone. And you have to have as much support as possible uh, and networking as well. It's very key. It might be cliche on networking. And for me, uh, networking, uh, Philip, it's more of saying, drawing from like-minded people and bouncing and sharing ideas and also learning on a continuous basis. You know, so one, if there are really serious about getting an idea uh, to be i mean from to, to move from concept up until it, it's a feasible viable idea uh, it requires one to be able to do that thorough research work background checks and you know all the checklist ticked as to will this be viable you know conducting a bit of feasibility uh, studies and also looking at what is the current existing service offering and what is it that I'll be offering that's different. So what we have been trying is to distinguish ourselves by getting all the, the, I mean, the certifications from different associations so as to empower ourselves and the employees and also to continuously grow. So one, as an entrepreneur, needs to be able to have that spirit of growth and say, I would not be able to do it all. And let me also open up myself to a growing journey whereby I will be learning as I go along. Um, Oscar, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you, man, for your humility 
And really, I appreciate you having come through to the show. And may God truly bless you. I appreciate uh, the opportunity. And I must also give you compliment that in terms of your interviewing skills, you make one to be very much at ease. And the line of questioning as well, it shows that you are passionate about what you do. And may God bless you as well. And uh, all, all the best with the remainder of the year. And hopefully the next year will have all the successes for you. Um, you've had it all right here on Power Tools to Success. Remain inspired. Move all mountains and obstacles that stand in the way of your success. Do not dare give up on yourself and your dreams. Thank you for joining us. To consult, reach us, or subscribe to our newsletter, please visit www.philiprampisa.com.